This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show. Saying to myself, they need a role model, they need somebody they can look up to. Here's your host. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Matt and Maddie. Away we go on episode 1,121 of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We are on social media at Tall Can Audio. Give us a follow. We love to hear what you guys think about these episodes. And uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. My name is Matt Robinson alongside Maddie Lang for your Monday podcast. What's happening today, man? This is the best Monday podcast there is. It's the best Monday podcast there was. And me and Gene, it's the best Monday podcast there ever will be. <laughs> right into it, eh? It's uh, it's been a big always weekend. a character, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's been a big weekend for uh, for Brad Hart making it onto the uh, Canadian Walk of Fame. Walk of Fame, baby. Yeah. I was there. I went to check it out. Right I, went, beside, I went there yesterday on right, purpose. Right beside Maddie Lang's. Sad. I might have been a little drunk when I did it, but I got there. Sure. Say, taking selfies with a sidewalk slab. I get it. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, that was kind of cool. Maybe we'll get into some of that a little bit. I know you ran a poll. We'll talk about that as well here in just a second. But uh, how was the weekend? It's gorgeous. We are officially into uh, to <sighs> summer mode. Did you manage to get outside? A little golf? We are. Anything like that? We are. And Matt, one second. I was going to get there. You never let me Great Lakes Brewery. Okay. Great Lakes Brewery, you know they're my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, at least my favorite around Toronto. So uh, big shout out to those guys. They got their uh, little brew, mini brew pub, let's call it, down on the waterfront here in Toronto. Uh, the big brewery is in Etobicoke. So uh, yeah, you know, just have to give a little shout out to the, to the boys. Sure. So what and, are you rolling uh, with there? Is it the octopus? So you know I like the octopus. You know what? I didn't get the octopus for the first time in a very long time. I actually just went with the uh, premium beer. Okay, right on. I got their equivalent to Molson Canadian, and uh, listen, everybody knows I like That's a dirty a water. So. Word it. Uh, they wouldn't be happy with that comparison, I don't think. But I know what you're saying. I, I think they might lager, be. I don't know. Right? It's, it's, yeah. Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Molson guy, right? So oh, same man. I got time for John. Molson. Yeah, I know you are. I yeah. know you are. Um, man, yeah, listen, man. Toronto, as much as the sports world is falling apart here, and the world is falling down, and the ceiling is falling, the sky is falling. It's beautiful. It's sunny. Everybody is ignoring all the sports teams and everybody's out on the streets. And uh, yeah, I assume Ottawa is very similar. Beautiful Bytown is very similar. I couldn't tell you. I've uh, I, I posted up here at the lake for an extra week. Uh, I spent, <laughs> uh, yeah, I spent Saturday night down at. Um, you know, oh, okay. For, yeah. Somebody, when... uh, somebody's ritzy. Eh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> You know how I do, man. Sure. I'm a very high-class <laughs> man. You are. You I'm are. You're at the Soho, the Soho Harcourt. Yeah, That's right. Like that. Yeah. No, uh, I went out uh, on Saturday night in Fenland Falls, found a nice patio to have a Beautiful. pint or two at, and uh, and a nice meal. Um, while I was over there, I checked in with, uh, they had one of your uh, one of your boys on, uh, I, I thought it was on tap when I ordered. It turned out to just be a can. That was fine. But it is uh, the Left Field Brewery. Oh, on tap here in Fenland Falls. They stuff. had the... And I'm struggling to remember the name of it now, but it was an IPA, uh, something wood. Anyway, I've uh, the Greenwood probably. Greenwood is what it was. I would assume it was the Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. 
So I had a couple of those on a patio on a hot Saturday evening there in Fenland Falls, boated back home afterwards. Not a bad way to spend a weekend, man. So Now in Fenland Falls, how many Peterborough Peach jerseys did you see? With the championships going on. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Memorial Cup up and running. Uh, I was sitting across the table from what I would consider to be a bit of a traitor who uh, grew up like constantly years and years and years as a Generals fan, now a Pete's season ticket holder after moving up north. There's some treachery to that. I, I don't think that's okay, but, uh, you know, yeah, there was a bit of a buzz around, uh, certainly around the area about the Pete's being uh, off to the Memorial Cup. Uh, lost their first game to the Seattle Thunderbirds, who appear to be the class of that tournament. We'll we'll see. Uh, if you're interested in hearing more about the Memorial Cup, we had our buddy Steve McLean, formerly of the OHL Fanboys. He was here on episode 1120 on Friday. You can go back and check that out at tallcanaudio.com or wherever you're hearing us. And that leaves us with, uh, with my beer, because while I was over in beautiful Fenland Falls, Ontario, I, of course, had to stop in at the Fenland Falls Brewing Company, walked right by it on my way back to the boat, so... Uh, dropped in there and picked up a few different things, but today we're going with the uh, Fenland Falls Brewing Company's Farmhouse Saison, clocking in at around 6.2%, and uh, we'll see what, uh, you know, it seems about right for a hot Sunday afternoon here at the lake, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it's, they say it's got a little bit of a Belgian pale ale feel to it, so we'll see what that's all about, man. This is, uh, this is a new one for me. I've been to this brewery before, but never to this beer before. Well, you got to tell us how that first sip is then, my friend. All right, it's about, it's clean. There's not a lot of, like, over-the-top, often when I think of the, uh, of a farmhouse saison, you think of, like, a little bit of spice to it or something, or yes, maybe kind of dry, something like that. But this is very clean, uh, easy going down. I kind of like it, man. There's not a ton of, like, flavor jumping out at you, but if you just wanted to sit and pound a few on a... Well, on a day like this, uh, this is what I, I just want to let the good listener know that after 25 years of drinking, you could also have that appetite for beer. Yeah. You can also have those adjectives in your <laughs> vocabulary <laughs> to describe your, your saisons. I'm an experienced uh, beer drinker at this point. It's a word I like to uh, use, Maddie. I said 25 years, and I mean, that might be generous, so I don't know. <laughs> Uh, look, Maddie, I, you and I touched base on on Wednesday or Lots Thursday of stuff. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. you uh, co-hosting the show. And at the time, I started mapping things out, taking notes as I always do for what we would talk about on the Monday morning show. And I sort of thought, man, we're going to be overloaded. Because at the time, as I looked ahead, I thought, man, we might be looking at Kyle Dubas having signed a contract in Pittsburgh. And we would have that to talk about. It would be done. I sort of thought... The Leafs, by Sunday, might have hired a new general manager, oh. and we would have that to talk about. I sort of thought coming into Saturday, oh, Matt. the Vegas Golden Knights may Matt. have knocked off the Dallas Stars, and we would have a set Stanley Cup final to talk about. I sort of thought, coming into Saturday night, that maybe the Miami Heat would finish off the Boston Celtics, and we would have an NBA final to talk about, and Maddie. We have tons to talk about, but we have no answers. None of those things happened. It's still way more questions than answers. It's they keep changing the questions, yeah. and I still got the answers, baby. Don't worry. All right, I'm like Roddy Roddy Piper, my friend. Well, this is why you're here, man. I know this you've is got. This why we answer. got rid of Rob and you're Rod in the big guns. That's how it goes, man. That's it exactly. So, 
we're going to touch on all of these things, but you put out a poll on your Twitter and I shared it around a bit. Honestly, I don't know if it's the summer weather or whatever. We got a little likes on that, eh? Yeah, but not a, you know, didn't get a That's ton fine. of responses, we'll but some people who checked in and the people have spoken and perhaps not surprisingly, they want to start on the Leafs. People, let's go to that disaster. Well, yeah, people have heard go. me. I, I, I've teed this up a couple times. I've done a couple of shows on it, and uh, I've kind of given my thoughts. I They continue to evolve and, and shift as we wait this out and see where this is all going. Uh, there were reports last week that Brad Treliving was the, the, the leading God. contender to maybe be God. the new GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. There were reports last week that Kyle Dubas had visited Pittsburgh, had met with Sidney Crosby, um, and, uh, you know, he was perhaps preparing to, to sign there and become their new, maybe not GM, maybe to be president, but kind of top dog of their hockey operation. So there is some movement around this whole thing, but man, the people have heard what I have to say. Where are you at, at this moment with the, the Leafs and their management situation? I mean, it's very easy to say that you're having meetings with people. Listen, this sounds to me and is very similar to me. When I think back to 2016, and I think Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, okay, yeah. This is a young, you know, local, semi-local, let's say, right? Dubas is from up north, and, uh, you know, Anthopoulos is from, you know, he was from Montreal. But, you know, Canadian, local, fan base, guys who were running the team, and who were maybe cut a little short because of the... Yeah... Rogers. The fact that sports, <laughs> the, the fact that sports, literally the other team's also trying to win, you know, it's not, you're just, it's not FIFA. It's not PS5. I'm not just, I'm trying to win. There's somebody on the other side trying to win too. Mm-hmm. Right. And unfortunately, Sergey Borovsky has saved something insane, like 25 goals above average within a 15 game period. Yeah. This guy is playing like he's the reincarnation of Dominic Hasek who's not even dead yet. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, you know, we all knew we had to get pie the first round. Like mm-hmm. that was like, you know, we knew we had to do that, but we literally run into a guy who's just like, this is exactly, we talked about it on your goddamn podcast. My friend, this is like when we ran into carry price and then he was amazing for three weeks and then just quit hockey. See, I- I'm with you, right? Because it, it just—it's fucking unbelievable. This I, Panthers I, I, team. So I don't want to. I did do this not to Boston. Cut you off, did this to Carolina. Maybe we got him pissed. Yeah, yeah. I am pissed because for the first time, MLSC had basically said, "Brandon Shanahan, put something in place. Go do your thing. Masai Ujiri, put something in place. Go do your thing." And what do we know from I don't know a hundred years of North American sports? What wins? Consistency throughout an organization. We've talked yeah, about this on your pod, Matt. Bottom, yeah. We've talked about this. What is the most unpredictable sport? Hockey. Mm-hmm. The best bettors in Vegas only win 52% of the time in Vegas on hockey. Because the puck is goddamn bouncing around. 
Every hockey player knows it's that. A piece of frozen rubber on ice while guys skate around on knife blades. Like it is. You go and you, you, they love to put this stat up. And even my aunties were like, you know, my brown aunties who came to Canada. And that's why I love the Leafs. I love them, but they're the ones who actually put it into my bloodline. Because <laughs> the first thing they associated with Canada was the Leafs. And they loved them. And they're like, well, they were shooting 14% in the first round. Why are they shooting 0% now? I'm like, you think they're trying not to score? You think that they're not trying to score, put the puck in the fucking net? But this is always like, man, this is the problem, right? Like, I agree with you that stability here is clearly in question because as of, what, Monday morning, Brendan Shanahan's plan for months had been to re-sign Kyle Dubas, and by Friday morning, he was firing him. That's not how billion-dollar operations are supposed to run. But there is something to be said for the point that you made, like, Florida has now taken down three of the top four teams in the East, in Boston, Toronto, and Carolina. And I doubt Carolina and Boston are about to blow up their operations over it. Right? Guess what? Like, they are not. Right. You but, know who didn't blow up but, their team last year? at the same time, they don't have the history we have, right? Like, how many times can you... Like, here's my oh, yeah, issue, that, 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 that deep, That deep Florida history, that well, deep Carolina uh, history... Well, Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes of Carolina's great been very past. good for quite a while now, man. And they have more cups in the last, you know, 15 years than we what do. What have they done? But, no, no, okay. t- tell me. They, no, tell If you want to go down that conference road, finals, tell me. Yeah, multiple. And what did they win? It doesn't, it matters, No, Maddie. no, it, it does because in this context, this is what we're talking about. We're blowing up the Leafs because they have not won the cup, right? That's why we blew up the Sunday We're Sun blowing up the Leafs because That's they didn't why we show up, up in game three. That's why we're blowing up. Look, I'm not saying I, I'm not. I'm not see, disagreeing with you that yeah. there needs to be changes made. Don't get me wrong. And we, I wouldn't have we fired know that because we talk about this, right? Like you and you and I talk about this. We know what we're both saying. But the re, like, man, this whole thing of like blowing up the entire organization. Is they're not going to blow it. Up. They're not going to tear it down. But the way we arrived at firing the GM is batshit crazy. <laughs> I, look, you know Madness, me, bro, you, it's crazy. You, you know me, I would not have fired Kyle Dubas, but I don't think it's crazy if they had arrived at the end of the second round and Shanahan would have come out for his press conference and said, we feel we need to shake things up, we need to change some things, um, and we feel this organization needs a different direction. I personally wouldn't have done that, but I don't think it's crazy because sports, whether you like it or not, is a results-oriented business. So to me, it's Matt, not insane to think, all right, they had to do it, right? It's Matt, in, oh, but it's insane that we got here this way. I'm just giving you the math way. because you know what's coming. You, you need to know what's coming. It's right? insane that we got here this way. We want it. We want him back. His whole press conference. We really liked what he did in the off season. We really liked what he did at the trade deadline. I wanted him back. He wanted to come back, and he's not back. Well, that is crazy. I appreciate those sentiments, and I think we're actually seeing the same thing, just in a different way. Because now that I've sat there and I've listened to you, as a good leader does. Um, I think I actually think we're saying the same thing. My issue is that he built around skilled players like we always wanted. Mm-hmm. He built around skilled defensemen. Yes, there's injuries that happens. Guys like Muzz, you know, like that happens, right? Like took a chance on Murray. It didn't work out, whatever. We had other options. I don't think our goalies were the reason we fucking lost the fucking 
second round of the playoffs, right? They weren't. But Broski is the reason we lost. He just yeah, was playing right. out of the Somebody's role. goalie was the reason we right? lost. <laughs> yeah, somebody's goalie, not our goalie. Our goalie played normal. It was fine. Right? Like, it it's fine. fine. He brought in Joe Thornton. He brought in Marlowe. He brought in... He didn't bring um, in Marlowe. He had to get out from under Marlowe. That was a loom. Or like, yeah, okay. Um, he brought in right. Felino, um, which was he brought a disaster. Fel- yeah, Felino. Yeah. And that everybody was pulling their dicks out about, it. like, <laughs> oh my god, Nick Felino's here. Yeah, Him all the mainstream is. media guys, yeah. all the Nick, Nick Caprios couldn't keep the saliva in his mouth when he was talking about Nick Felino. Right. Garbage. He made mistakes. He did. Ev- he made the moves. Smart people wanted you to make. He made the moves. The goons wanted you to make. And maybe that was the problem. I don't think anybody complained about Ryan O'Reilly. Like, I mean, Ryan yeah, O'Reilly was, was pretty solid. Let's be honest. Yep. Felino was just a, you know, he was that was bad, but whatever. Um, there's also an injury involved, so whatever. But man, Dubas tried to do things to make the team better. I see this team, and I go, that's not the guy you're getting rid of. That's not the guy you're getting rid of. You're getting rid of fucking Mitch Marner. I'm probably getting rid of Sheldon That's Keith. who you get rid of. Who are you getting rid of? Sheldon Keith. Keith. Yeah, yeah. We, we can get rid of Keith, too. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, like, I was willing to give him this year, yep. in all honesty. And, I, you know, he's, what, the third winningest yeah, yeah. percentage coach in when you drop Toronto Media History, whatever. into a team that already has this core, yeah. no, you're, right. you're, you're right. You're going to get big wins. Anyway. I was I, willing to give him this year at, like, I don't think know, he's, he's terrible. One stuff. I just think when you need but to he's not things accept- up. He's not excessively good either. Right. Right. He is a coach, right? Perfectly. What most people need to understand about coaching is that out of, what is it? 32 teams, Mm -hmm. 28 are basically just coaches. Two are excessively terrible. Two are excessively amazing. The rest is just. I probably have both of those your... numbers a little higher, but I get what you're saying. There is a huge pack of just mediocre in the middle. and That's you know. why the same people get hired over and over and over again. And that's why I think we're saying the same thing. I, I think we both agree that something needs to change, but this was maybe not the one that you wanted to change. Well, and you're in chaos mode now. We're sitting here more than a week after. Because what the fuck are we doing? Fired. You're counting down towards having to make these decisions on your big guys before their no-move clauses kick in, and you don't have yes. anybody in charge. And who is going to be in charge? Like, who's who's awesome at this that is saying, yes, I want to come in and answer to Brendan Shanahan and have him veto my shit? And ha- fuck that. Like, if I'm good at this, I'm going to have veto power or... Shanny's going to have to bring in somebody far more mediocre who's willing to answer to him, and that's really not where you want to be either. Yeah, and that's why you got guys like me throwing the resume in the sure, fucking fire. They won't answer your calls in Fenland Falls, but maybe I'm Buddy, they, they did not answer my calls anywhere. I've been trying to make <laughs> piece for years. They're right. not taking my calls. Let's be serious. This is a bit of a mess, man, and it doesn't have to go. Dude, but this is this it doesn't have to go terribly. There is a chance you bring in a competent guy, you sort it out, you get on the. Oh, like, Matt, was, I love you. There was there was massive you, turnover Matt. at general manager or at uh, two years ago. I thought you were going to say General Motors. I, I was gonna. I thought you were going to say General Motors for the life of me. I was going to die. At two years ago, though, Florida changes their GM. Last year, they changed their coach and make a huge trade involving core guys for them. And here they are 
you know, that's a president's trophy winning team last year, whatever you think of them this year, it takes a while to get it figured out. And here they are sitting in the Stanley cup final. Is that an exact roadmap for the Leafs to fall? No, but it does mean sometimes a little bit of change and things get back on track and shake everybody up a little bit. And that is still on the table. But as we sit here now, yeah, man, it's the, that stability that you referenced off the top is gone, right? Like the, the, the organization is rattled. The employees don't know who they're talking to, who they're answering to. You're pissing away days that you need to be doing, like looking at trades, looking at drafting, looking at all the things that are coming yes, up here in the next yes. few weeks, and you're not doing it because you have no one yes. at the head of the table. As much as people tend to overvalue what the job of the sports people are, I know you know what I used, you know, sort of used to do for a living. You know, when I had 50 employees, if that voice is not cohesive, if you are trying to, you know, inspire people, if you were trying to elevate people, if you were trying to talk to your managers to, uh, you know, to elevate their people, if you were continually continually changing where that 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 voice is coming from if you were continually changing what that voice is and what you're vocalizing yeah what the it is not is, a recipe yeah. for success no it's jarring it doesn't matter if it's a small business of 10 people of five of three or a large business and well, we've like always said, accounts, I don't like down it. down to a Rogers decision. They weren't in love with a few different decisions. And that, that's oddly familiar, man. We heard that's, about this with Masai That's how we started Jerry, this, right? And Edward Rogers holding that up. And like, if you weren't prepared to just extend, basically with a blank check, Masai Ujiri, I don't how know did what we the end hell up? we were doing. I, Matt, and I know we're old enough to remember this, and I hope most of the listeners are as well. How do we end up with John Ferguson Jr.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was back under the old pension plan days, and nobody liked that ownership. So either. what the fuck is different? And that, as a Leaf fan, as an MLSC, as, as somebody who cheers for, you know. Well, Josh Cloak because I have a huge to. piece in The Athletic this week about the, uh, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on it, but the dysfunction around TFC. Like, all of their oh, core properties right now are a mess. No, but, but like this, everything they're doing under the MLSC umbrella right now Bad. looks like shit, except Bad. the Argos. The Argos are about to have a good year, I think. <laughs> Why don't we delve into the raps here a little bit, man? Because I, I know you've got a better handle on that than I do. And they recently um, dispatched of their coach, Nick Nurse, who had, of course, won them a championship back Awful in, decision. in 2019. And that that doesn't buy you tenure, right? Like, that doesn't mean you get to stick around forever. But this is another team right now that sort of appears to be a little all over the map. I don't know what they're about to do with their roster. There's clearly change coming there. I don't know who's going to coach this thing. So how do you make some of those decisions without knowing what kind of system you're going to be running and who's going to be running it? What, are, what is the state of the wraps oh, right now, man? And what are Matt, you hearing I about love, the next head coach? Matt, I love that you asked me. I love that you asked me the question. So, you know, Matt, this comes right back to what I was saying about the stability of an organization, the stability of any company, right? Like you need a coherent you need a coherent thread running through the organization of what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. You can't continually change coaches every five, six years and hope for the best. Right? You can't keep changing people over like that. That's why you, 
you've got guys like Spolster who have been there forever. That's why you have Popovich who have been there forever. Because that thread is running all the way down. Right? You can't say... Pop suddenly oh. got a new lease on life, too, didn't he? <laughs> well, hey, listen. Hey, let's not even go there. Like, what are you hearing, if anything, about what they're looking for on a new coach? What are you looking Matt, for out of a new coach? I am hearing nothing. Yeah, is this is the point. Which right? is like, absolutely crazy. I am hearing nothing. None of my people know anything. Right. <laughs> I, I have people a lot of places that should know things, and none of them know a goddamn thing. And to me, that makes me worry. For sure, man. Like, I just, like, your your insiders, your, every now and then there's a bit of a drip dribble here and there, but, like, in terms of rumors floating around as to who's going to take over this organization and steer the Raptors forward, it's weirdly quiet. And Matt, the some, good people of Talkin' Audio, yeah. I have people in all the bars that people go to. <laughs> Okay, I will put that out there. I'm not going to name names, but I have people in those bars. That's why I can always drop something for you guys. I have absolutely no fucking clue. <laughs> Nobody like, has told me anything. Like sometimes they that's don't good, know anything. right? Like sometimes the fact that they're keeping it close to the vest and there's no leaks, yet sometimes that's reassuring. But other times you're like, man, I need to hear Woj put something out here pretty soon about who they're talking to or what's coming next, right? Like, it, it's a bit much right now that this is another place under that MLSE umbrella it's, it's, that it's seems a to tough be rudderless. Spot. It's a tough spot for Toronto right now because we've been a very strong organization for a very long time. Um, I, I would wager to say this isn't the best time for this to happen for the organization. Right. They raised the ticket prices to 18%. It was already hard enough. I don't know if we had too many full stadiums this year. It's a massive race. Uh, it's a lot. It's a big old race, after buddy. A shit um, after a bad season, no playoffs. Um, I think they are going to get a rude awakening, much like TFC is getting at the moment. Yeah. where they're going to be a little surprised by the reaction of the fan base of just not showing up. And I think Toronto Raptor fans have to be prepared for a rough one. I think this is going to be a season where, again, I don't know who goes. I don't know who's going to be our coach. I don't know if it's going to be J.J. Redick. I don't know if it's going to be Steve Nash. I don't know if it's going to be Becky Harmon. And listen, I'm going to say what everybody does not want to say. I promise you one really hot take. <laughs> I'm going to say what everybody does not want to say. I do not want the coach to be Becky Harmon. Becky okay? Hammond. <laughs> Hammond, whatever her name is. Yeah. I don't know. She plays for WNBA. I don't know. You know who watches the WNBA? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> That's already going to get me canceled. I know. <laughs> but my issue is not her and her knowledge. Obviously, she proved herself to be a very capable coach amongst different leagues. That is not the issue. My issue is what happens when we go on a 20-game losing streak, when we go on a 10-game losing streak, when Pascal Siakam throws the ball onto the ground, when how many times did we see somebody mouth off to a coach this year? What is the story going to be when they mouth off to Becky? What is that going to change in the public opinion? What is that going to change in the media? And then what is that player going to respond with? I do not know, 
if the players are ready for a female head coach. Well, that is a hot take. That is a hot take, and I apologize to Schreider about that. (laughs) But I do not know if the players are ready for that. Not the public. I think the public is good with it. I think a lot of us who watch basketball know basketball are okay with it. Because we're like, you know basketball better than us. You know basketball better. Like, come on. Doc Rivers is still coaching. Come on. Like, yeah. Replace it's been an it, awful please. long time under that Popovich learning tree, though. Like, if anybody's ready, it probably I, I is. I know, our... but what, what happens, though, Matt, when how many times is somebody mouth off to Nick Nurse? What happens when Fred Van Vliet turns around and mouths off to Becky? How does that get perceived? How does that get perceived? You'd like to. Yeah. But we, do you know how that's going to be perceived uh, by the media? No, because you're in Toronto, and this is a the fucking Toronto media is like, it's going to be such a big fucking thing. And then my concern is, what happens then? Right. What do people say? What do the players say? I don't want to go to Toronto and play with Becky because, man, anytime I turn around, I'm under the microscope. I don't want to do this because I'm under the microscope. It's nothing to do with her. It's the same reason I don't think we're ever going to have a fully outed NFL player or a fully outed NHL player for, I don't know, decades. Yeah, I disagree, always... man. I, I think we're getting closer and closer oh, to it. I, I think it's coming, I, I do, man. I, 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 I appreciate coming. that other thought. I appreciate it. I just don't see those it's not going to be easy. So whoever's first through the wall is always going to have it the worst, right? Whether it's a, an openly gay player in one of these sports, whether it's Becky Hammond as the first head coach, we'll see. They're going to have a rough ride. There is no doubt about that. But I think we're closer than you're giving people credit for. I, I, I think you're going to see. But I, I'm not trying to be, and, and you know that, right? I'm not trying to be dissuasive about that no. situation. I, I'm, I'm in for that situation. I'm in for... Like I mean, I think Becky's shown that she can coach in the NBA and WNBA. I think she knows more about basketball than 98% of the basketball players probably in the NBA. It's what is the perception of what happens of when there is conflict. Of some seven-foot-two guy turning and yelling at a woman on the bench. Who's his that is exactly what I get saying. it. I get the perception, right? But we're at some and point, what happens? whether we're ready or not, at some point, we're going to have to cross that line and... All I'm saying is, is that it has to be the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Uh, because we're, we're already in two. We, the Toronto Raptors have to deal with so much shit. And I'm not saying the Toronto Raptors should not be the ones who do it. Listen, if Becky is the best coach, get Becky. If Becky is the one who should replace Nick, yeah. replace Nick. Sure. Then, but then go with it and, and just fucking just go with it, right? Like, And you got to. Sw- look down the barrel of the gun and you got to go with it and take the good with the bad. I just don't know if the Toronto Raptors are the organization well, that and they may not can be, do right? it. Like maybe that isn't the fit. Is there like that's another the Lakers, name or two me, that you're go, hearing? The though, Lakers that, go do it. Um, it could Lakers be do right? it, yeah. no problem. Jeannie Buss has that's been running the saying. ship there for a while anyway. Maybe they're ready yes, for that's another. Right. Is, I just don't think the Raptors have the overall ability to go through that that could be all i'm saying is there another name or two that you think might be a good fit in this spot are are the raptors looking in your opinion for someone with experience to kind of turn this around or are they in a spot right now where they're sort of half rebuilding retooling whatever you want to call it where they could afford somebody a chance that's it i think i think they're going to go with somebody who's very 
uh, or who has very little experience or little, um, somebody who has some different ideas, right. somebody who agrees with Masai with certain of his uh, values of basketball. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Steve Nash. I wouldn't be surprised if it was JJ Redick. I wouldn't be surprised if it was some of these guys who are um, kind of fringe candidates. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Sergio from Italy. Guys who want to play basketball a little bit differently than we typically perceive the NBA game. Who maybe want to push the envelope a little bit. See if we can push the envelope. Because I think Masai perceives the game in his way. He's going to want somebody who sees everything the same way. Right? right to go back to the MLSE, um, to go back to Dubas and Shanahan. I think there is a strong arrow through the Raptors of this is what we do for basketball. You know, we have to do things a little bit differently. We want to tackle this differently. You want to call it Billy Bean method. You want to call it the extra two percent method, but they're trying different things. It doesn't always work, mm-hmm. but at least they're always trying different things. So for me, I have no idea who they're going to hire as their goddamn coach, and I don't like it. As long as it's not Doc Rivers, I'm pretty okay with it. <laughs> um, that guy cannot win a fucking clinching game to save his life, but that, that's about it, right? Like, I, I, I'm okay. Like, yeah, as a lifelong Raptor fan, man, like, you have, again, you have to take the good and the bad with the people you put in charge, Right. And I think we feel that way with Dubas. I think I feel, at least I feel the same way with Masai. Like not every season is going to be amazing, but I know he's going to do what he thinks is best for that year and for the next year. Right. And, and we'll ride with that because we've seen, we've seen the results and maybe besides earned that a little bit more than Shanahan. Well, a championship will do that for you. Right. Uh, well, I'd like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> As we sit here now, we still don't know whether it's going to be the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics coming out of the East, but we do know it is the Denver Nuggets that will represent the West in the NBA Final. And I wanted to get your take on sort of how this has gone for Denver through the first few rounds of the playoffs, and mainly because it's our Canadian boy, right, Jamal Murray, the job that he has done, obviously, alongside Nikola Jokic, right? And, and that team has... It would be wrong to say come out of nowhere, but I don't know a lot of people who had bet on them to win the West. Um, just sort of in a, in a kind of roundabout way, can you compare the job that Jamal Murray has done, especially coming back from the injury that he sustained, in putting himself into the upper echelon of all-time Canadian basketball players? Because at this point, we're really only talking about being able to compare him to Steve Nash, aren't we? I think, I think, Matt, uh, Matt, I know you don't watch the most basketball. You only, kind of, you know, you tell me when you tune in and you know, <laughs> Jamal Murray plays on the West coast, much like Steve Nash did for most of his career. Yeah. Um, but you are a hundred percent hitting the nail on the head with that. You know, I'm the guy who stays up till 1am to watch some basketball <laughs> games. Um, I've been a big Jamal Murray supporter for years. You, and you know that, of course. um, I think this guy is outstanding. I think he is a big game player. Um, he's equivalent. He's like that Matthew Kachuk, I guess, if you want to say from a hockey context. Sure. You know, in, in the regular season, he goes 24 points, seven assists, and five rebounds. And all of a sudden, we hit the playoffs, and it's like... He's a monster. 
40 points, yeah. <laughs> 12, 12 assists. And uh, yeah, I'm a point guard, but I might have gotten 10 rebounds too. Like, right. just whatever, no big deal. And like, cause, you know, and it kind of goes under the radar because everybody's talking about Jokic. And that's the beauty of this team, though, right? Like, this is team that, like, you've got this Serbian big man who looks like he should be selling ice cream. And you've got this Canadian. <laughs> who should be selling beef patties on the side of the street in Toronto, <laughs> even though he's from Kitchener and nobody cared. And all of a sudden they're both healthy and they're both killing it. And everybody has to accept it. You know? And I, I was looking at the other day um, at his, at uh, Jamal, rookie, Jamal Murray's rookie card. Right. So the, the big one is always the, uh, the prism. Okay, so the Panini Prism is always kind of looked at as like, that's your authentic rookie card, basically, okay? okay. So in a perfect state, which is usually a PSA 10 or a, um, a BGS 10 or one of the grading 10s, but PSA is kind of the standard, the last sale yesterday went for $160 USD. Fuck me. Six months ago? Yeah. Let me just pull this up so I, I get this stat right for you. $33 USD. So he's made himself a bit of a name here over the course of these playoffs. He has made people care about what he's doing. Right. And it's crazy because both of these guys don't look, they don't have that LeBron look. They don't have that Kobe look. They don't have that killer look. You know, Jamal Murray looks like, honestly, he just looks like your cousin, right? Like, (laughs) at least he looks like my cousin, maybe not your cousin. (laughs) But... That's yeah, racism we, for you. Well, That's racism for you My guys. Cousin don't know looks us. like Phil Kessel. So. <laughs> you know, and Jokic looks like he just is literally buying a ticket to the show. Like, right? You know, but they do amazing and they know each other because, again, continuity. They have that line of they yeah, know each other. They play each, with each other. Yeah. And, you know, back in, in the bubble, these guys were killing it. And uh, Jamal Murray, you know, he tore his ACL, right? He, he did that like that side uh, pivot move that I absolutely that like hop sideways move that I absolutely hate for NBA players because it happens too much, and I think that's actually why we stopped seeing that actually since Jamal Murray's because there was he was kind of the end of a few of them. Listen, for yeah. people who have not seen an ACL injury, it is a traumatic injury. It is basically the lower body of the lower bone of your body not being able to hang on to your leg. Right? Seems problematic. It is not good. So yeah. people have to come in. You know, surgeons got to come in. They got to drill another one. They got to they got to pull a tendon out of another part of your body. They attach it. It's a year until you're even for the average person to be back to sport. Yeah, just right? be walking to work, let alone playing in an NBA game. Uh, yeah, I, I, a little bit more than that, right? People yeah. should be like, a, any year you should be playing like pickup basketball. Right. But this guy was playing NBA basketball a year later, and people were like, oh man, he's not the same person. Like no shit. Yeah. How about you give him a minute? no shit? Let yeah. Let's get let's give him another year. Let's see how. And man, is he not? And I am so excited to see him as the shooting guard and SGA as our point guard in the Olympics next year. This is. I it, think man. Canada. He blew out take, that ACL right before a huge qualifier, I know, and that was I when know. I was falling in love with Jamal Murray. Like this guy is going to come play for us. And you're like, oh no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. Like it was devastating, man. I think the Canadian backcourt is going to surprise and take a lot of people by storm. 
you know, we're, we're the Canadian team is going to be very dominant. And that's what really gets me excited. I obviously want him to win the championship this year. I think that's sure, going to be great yeah. for Canadian basketball. I think it's going to be great for international basketball, having a Serbian and Canadian as your top two stars. I think that's great. But, man, it's going to be huge for Kitchener. It's going to be huge for Canada. I, I, nobody can say enough, right? Like, nobody can say enough about what this guy is doing right now. Right. And I think with a championship, it's hard to say he would surpass Steve Nash, who has two MVPs. Right. And who has probably, you know, had his championships stolen by Bruce Bowen <laughs> and a cross check without a hockey stick, which is crazy. <laughs> but, man, he is building that CV to do that. Where everybody's thinking about SGA, Jamal Murray is actually doing it. That's not a knock on SGA. Jamal Murray is a big game player. And I think people have to appreciate that and love that. And we should all really be supporting them on that. So as we sit here now, uh, the good listener will hear this on Monday morning. Game seven between the Celtics and the Heat uh, goes on Monday night. Regardless of who comes out of that, do you have Denver as the favorite? I do. Yeah. And I will not lie to you guys. I put $15 on Denver back in December. So (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've been a strong Denver pool for a long time. But I just thought they've been the best team. Right. I don't trust Boston. I don't think they've shown me anything to be that they're trustworthy. But we know how Boston teams get. So, you know, you, you never know. Like, you still got to play the games. I think against Miami, there's no doubt about it. Denver has to be the favorite. There's no there's no argument. Yeah, sweet revenge uh, for the Boston, Denver. On the... Uh... To take down the heat after what the Panthers did to the Bruins. Yeah, you know, you know, Boston, Denver, though, I, I, I don't think that I we're we're at a, we're at that weird spot in the in the timeline where the best player is also on a team in the finals, and I do not think that Jokic will lose. I think he's at the apex of his abilities at the moment and if you guys have not watched if you're listening to my voice and you're listening to talk and audio i know you're probably hockey fans and <laughs> if you have not you need to just shut the fuck up and watch Jokic play he is a modern day larry bird he's an evolution of larry bird he will make passes in the game that look like and one passes it, it's it's unbelievable and he does it without blinking it, there's behind the back pass it's great like if you love sports, you will love what he does. There, yeah, you will love what he does. That, that that is my plea to everybody. And then you know, it's an interesting Jamal Murray's going to hit a Larry Bird, right? Like it, it, it's not the same, but it 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 reminds me of Kale McCarr, right? Doing things on the back end for the Colorado that you haven't seen defensemen do in yeah. twenty or thirty years, right? Like uh, you're not going to compare Kale McCarr to Bob Yore, but you sort of look at what he's doing here, like. Oh wow! Right, like I, I, nobody else is doing this in this position, right? And that's sort of where Jokic yes. is at at this yes. point, and and he's sort it, of it's this a different skill set, but yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's interesting, kind of. He's the the new wave here. This is only the second final in eleven years that won't feature one of either Steph Curry, LeBron James, or Kawhi Leonard, right? And a couple years ago, two years ago, we saw it be uh, Giannis. And now you're looking at Jokic. Like, we're turning the page to a new generation of stars. And 
And Jokic is going to be the poster boy for these playoffs, no doubt. And it's awesome to see Jamal Murray doing his thing. Like, that's a one-two punch that not many teams at this point uh, can match in the NBA playoffs. So it's it's been pretty cool to watch and have a good old Canadian boy be part of it, man. To have you say that you're interested in it yeah. should tell everybody that they should be interested in it. Because you've... you've I'm not flipping the channel to basketball unless I'm really into it, and I got time for Jamal Murray I mean. right now. Yeah, you uh, you have been a what am I going to say? A reluctant secondary basketball fan. Like <laughs> yeah. you're waiting, you're waiting for a reason to watch That's it, right. and I, you know, and you've made that change a couple times yep. over the years, and the fact that you have been following this for a little bit should tell people that like it's a story hey, worth getting into here. Yeah. This listen, a kid from a kid. From southwestern Ontario, who is literally just destroying teams, who is going absolutely Mamba mentality, going Kobe style. Just one of my favorite things of last week was, wow, LeBron, LeBron dropped 30 in the first half. This is insane. <laughs> He's the greatest ever. And then Jamal Murray dropped 31 in the second <laughs> half, and nobody said a fucking thing. They're all like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess Jamal Murray dropped 31. Like, no big fucking deal. Anybody can do it now. <laughs> That's You're a, like, what the fuck are we talking about? Bit of a double this guy here, is yeah. to have two guys. This isn't, this isn't, let, let's say, okay. this is not Kobe Shaq. But this is a different version of two guys at the peak of their abilities that I think we have to appreciate. And I think it's Canadians. Get on board. There's a little bit of a civic duty to say, man, yeah, that baby blue jersey, not too bad. Right. We've, as Canadians, we've gotten behind the baby blues before. And I, I know I know you'll be wearing one this summer at the cottage. So, <laughs> Of course I will. Get in that farmer's tan. Oh, yeah. You love it, right? Still waiting. <laughs> I don't. Somebody, somebody must. <laughs> Nobody I've run into yet, but I'm doing it anyway. I, I keep asking for you, too. Yeah. Uh, look, why don't we touch on, look, a little wrestling before we get out of here, man. Uh, where do you, you know want to go? Here. We talked about Bret Hart and the uh, the Canadian Walk of Fame. I didn't the see. The cult of personality. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, apparently Punk on his way back to AEW. There was a WWE pay-per-view over in uh, in Saudi Arabia. On uh, on Saturday afternoon, I didn't catch a minute. It was like twenty five degrees Lakeside. I was not. I watching. thought you were gonna. I I messaged you because I had to work. Yeah, and I said I can't watch it. I didn't watch it. Either. I thought you were going to be watching. it. I almost never watch the uh, Saudi Blood Money shows. I don't uh, usually check those. <laughs> I mean, I don't have those standards you do. I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah. What? Well, look, they 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 kept the. Uh, the bloodline storyline going there. That looked pretty cool. But how oh. beautiful was that? For anybody who watched that, whether you watched it live, you watched on I heard something like it was one point five million views as of this morning. Well, and the on the uh, on the Jimmy J Yeah, Jimmy Uso uh, super kicking Roman uh you know, and that has ten million views across WWE. Thank you. Thank you for having the right number. Yeah, uh, and making me look stupid. Thank no, you. No, no, oh, this <laughs> You had it in the moment. I have it 24 hours later. As they posted it on YouTube and on Twitter and on their Instagram, across those platforms, they have 10 million views on keeping that particular storyline going, right? Which a lot of us thought should have been wrapped up at Mania. Maybe Cody does the thing. 
beats Roman, and you're kind of, there's kind of a groove. Okay, wait, 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 hold on. Wait a second. You gotta wait. let me set the table for you, man. You keep cutting me off. <laughs> I, I'm so excited. All right, take it, you, run, man. Take the football. You wanted, and run. you wanted me on a Sunday, yeah. And I told you I was out drinking, and I told you I was gonna come in with a punch. I, I was gonna come in with like. Jim Cordette with my fucking racket. Yeah. This fucking swan match. Your awesome red shirt and yellow tie. You know, <laughs> I'm tucking the football into you here. You take it and run, man. <laughs> don't kill me like that. <laughs> don't, kill me, don't set me up like that. Um, I, I, I felt like you, maybe Cody should have taken it that moment. I can see, I can see where it's going now, but, I never thought the bloodline story should have ended at that point. I always no, felt it, was it always needed more to more story to tell. I always felt like I love how this whole like we thought it was gonna be who? Which brother did you think was gonna super kick Roman? Yeah, of course, Jay. And who was it? Of course, it was Jimmy. Exactly. I trust Jimmy. That beauty of like even Friday Night SmackDown this week, just the beauty of that situation and you know how he was sticking up for his brother and he's the one who snapped. That was just like there's just this story that they're telling that's going back three years now. Ah man, that this is the wrestling that we all wanted to see. Long term stories, right? That all come you get that short term love. You get a little bit of long-term dopamine hit. Like, this is beautiful storytelling, man. And, you know, even from the fact that Paul Heyman used to be with the Wild Samoans. And, and, and like, if you guys watched SmackDown this week, the way Paul Heyman, his face. Yeah, when Jimmy called himself. when, uh... When Jimmy said, when it comes to tag team wrestling, I'm the tribal chief. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the face, so the facial expressions, everything. Yeah, it's how his lip was quivering. <laughs> it's how Roman came out. Not when his song came on, but he took that extra second to come out. How he came through. How he pushed it. It, it was just this is an org. Like it, this is beautiful storytelling, and this is why we loved wrestling. It's <laughs> why we loved it in the eighties. It's why we loved it in the nineties. Why we hated it in the two thousands. <laughs> right this is beautiful shit this is actual acting this is emotion this is ah man this is great i i, I cannot say enough about that whole storyline and that's why i know a lot of people are like oh wrap it up wrap it. I'm like no let this go let it come to us right it feels like everybody sitting there going well we know this is the last season of mad men we know this is the last season of Sopranos. And tonight, I'm getting we upset. This, I'm getting the worried. This is this. the last episode tonight. When we're done here, when I finish like, editing, I got to go just, watch the end of Succession. This exactly. is the last episode. Man. And it's like, everybody just, when you're reading a book, what happens? You let it come to you. Just let it come. Everybody just settle down. This is maybe one of the best story. This is the best storyline since Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, and Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> All right? I said it. <laughs> It'll stick it. it to it. <laughs> I love it, man. And one of the other cool side effects to come out of this, like I said, I hate these Saudi shows. I hate everything about it. But to see Sami Zayn, a guy yes. of yes. Syrian descent, oh yes, was not 
welcome at any of these Saudi Arabian shows. Uh, whatever the politics are there, I'm not going to pretend to understand them, and I'm certainly not going to try to explain them. But between those two countries, Sammy was not welcome in Saudi Arabia yes. as someone from of Syrian descent. This time, he was invited, so he's part of that tag team match with Kevin Owens against Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns. And when his music hits and he comes out, Yes. And you see yes. all of these Muslim people kind of rallying around, singing his song. There was videos posted on his social media, on WWE's social media, of him visiting Saudi Arabia. This meant something to him. It clearly meant something to a lot of the fans in that part of the world. And so for that reason alone, I'm prepared to give this particular show a pass while I don't normally enjoy them. To see that moment go down was awesome, man. Matt, you know, you and I have been friends for, well, a very long time at this point. <laughs> um, probably longer than we'd like to admit. But um, I'm brown. My, my family comes from that, or like at least part of my family comes from that part of the world. Um, I'm not Muslim. Right. Um, I have a lot of friends who are Muslim. I have a lot of friends who are different types of Muslims, right? Sure. This is what like a lot of people forget, right? Like, as it's there's different world. types of Catholicism. Yeah. There's different types of Muslims, right? And that's why Islam, a... Yeah. Muslim, a somebody, a follower who's from Islam, who is Syrian, could not be accepted in a place like Saudi Arabia. Right, and I, I think that maybe gets lost on people sometimes, right? Because it's a very um, not close-minded view, but it, it's a very simplified view of what we see goes well, it's, on it, it, in that it's side of the world, right? View. We don't understand. I don't understand. Right? There's a lot of things happening over there's, there. There's, there's a lot yeah. of stuff going on that side of the world that yeah. you know. That's why we all go. I don't know what the fuck's going on, right? Yeah. And I do that. Yep. It, having family over there, like I, I still go, like I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> but the fact that we have a ginger Muslim <laughs> from Quebec who's of Syrian descent who is the unified champion in the WWE who came from indie wrestling, who does not look like a fucking wrestler. He, he looks like he could be me. He it, looks like he should be selling comic books somewhere. <laughs> it is. This is the, this is why we love it though. Right? Like he is the, as much as they keep trying to make other Daniel Bryan's and all that shit. Like he is the Daniel Bryan. Right, he's the guy we all love because he's just so who he is. Once he became who he was, and that's the, what they always say about wrestlers, right? It's like once you become who you are, just an elevated you be who form you of are it. Are with the volume turned up, that's... man. You, you can't help but love those people. Like those guys are the guy you look at. And you're like, man, I want to have a drink with them. Well, well, not not Sammy because he probably perhaps drinks, not Sammy. But yeah. Ko Ko sure. definitely drinks. Ko he, he'd have sure. a Labatt Blue, not Ko's a Canadian, so you might I'm be out of luck. So yeah, it's <laughs> uh, it it it's silly, right? This this people go out and they pretend to fight each other, and like I get it, wrestling's kind of dumb, but we've seen this happen now a couple times in Saudi Arabia when they at first did not let the women attend, and now yes. the women go and not just have and not only go match, they have multiple matches and important matches on these and shows. And what do they do? What do they do? What do they do this week? That they've never done before. I don't know. They bloodied Becky up. Oh yeah. Okay. But the the women were not welcome at these things and now they are. Sammy as a Syrian you know someone yes. of Syrian descent was not welcome at this and now he is. Like I get it. It's a stupid wrestling show, 
But if you if this matters to you, if you're a wrestling fan in that part of the world, you are sending a message here. You are doing some things that are opening some eyes, hopefully. And look, we don't have to make too big a deal out of, you know, like I said, people pretending to fight each other in this ring. But these little things add up. We might as well wind this one down here, man. It's been, uh, we've had a lot of ground to cover, a lot of things happening in the sports world. Like I said, a lot of questions, not a lot of answers at this point. So we'll uh, we'll wait that out. It should be a big week, I would imagine. You hear what's next for Kyle Dubas, I would imagine. You hear what's next for MLSE. And, uh, and certainly we will have uh, a Stanley and, Cup final and an NBA final set. over. The and before we wind this down, Matt, what is the date today? Uh, the 28th of May. What is it roughly one month from today? Uh, nothing I can think of. Nothing that I really want to consider. Nothing that I really even want to ponder. (laughs) Well, Matt will be turning 30 again. Again. Um, again. So for the good listener, as he always generously says, Matt will be turning 30 Mm -hmm. for the 10th time. And I will support that decision. What an asshole. Uh, <laughs> I will get you a 30th birthday card. What an asshole. Um, but this is... He's outed me again. I'm out again. I know. I'm, I'm a bad person. Um, <laughs> but I do this because I want to put it out there that I have... I've gotten you something for your birthday. Oh, no. Oh, boy. I, I knew this. I, this is why I'm doing it now. Because I don't want to hear this reaction later on. <laughs> Because it's going to be way more awkward later on. Is it pink and black I, spandex? Because I'm not going to look good in it. But I, I mean, will, that would be. Gr- but I okay, will. Now I feel it. bad. That would be great. <laughs> I wish I had done that now. Okay. Now I feel like a bad friend. Okay. This is. Uh, uh, yeah. Now I feel like a bad friend. God damn it. God, that would be good. That would have been easier too. Um, no. Um, I got you and my plug for. Everybody listening in a month from now, and we're celebrating you. And I know you hate people celebrating you, but too fucking bad. Um, I got you a little something for the studio. Okay? I got you a little something for the studio. I'll tell you that much. And the good listener, I hope, you know, follow us on the Instagram. On the Instagram. This is a good way to Follow us on the Facebooks. Yeah. Follow us on the Twitters, because we'll post it there first. And, uh, yeah, there's a little plug for... uh, Sticking around. What's to come? Yeah. Okay. All right. I appreciate That's that. All I'm, I'm not telling you anymore. No. Okay. Like, we still got like 28 days. You, you ain't getting nothing, nothing more than that. <laughs> 28 days before the bad thing happens. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I can't do math. I'm a physio. Nah, slightly no. less than that, unfortunately. But uh, that's where we'll end this one with Maddie's Tease. Give him a follow on Twitter at Matthew Lang and uh, on Instagram. Underscore Matt, Maddie Buckets. Uh, underscore. Underscore Maddie Buckets or uh, Matt Buckets. Matt Buckets. Well, all of those links, as always, will be in the show notes wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, we're on social media and talk and audio, as I said. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us. Hope you all have a great week. Uh, lots more to come. Like I said, it's going to be a busy week in the, uh, the world of sports. For Maddie Lang, my name's Matt Robinson. See you next time. That's it. Not work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy, I don't care.